0: Chapter eleven Clarice blows up everything. You're in so much trouble, Clarice said. We just finished a ship tour we didn't want. Through the dark rooms overcrowded with dead sailors, we'd seen the coal bunker, the boilers, and the engine, which huff and groan like it would explode any minute. We'd seen the pilot house and the powder magazine and gunnery deck. Clarice's favorite. With two Dallin smoothbore cannons on the port and starboard sides, and a brute nine inch rifle gun fore and aft, all specially refitted to fire celestial bronze cannonballs. Everywhere we went, dead Confederate sailors started staring at us, their ghostly ghostly bearded faces, faces. Shimmering over their skulls, they approved of Annabelle because she told them she was from Virginia. They were interested in me too because my name was Jackson, like the Southern General, but then I ruined it by telling them I was from New York. They all hissed and muttered curses about the Yankees. Tyson was terrified of them. All through the door, he insisted Annabelle hold his hand, which she didn't look too thrilled about. Finally, we were escorted to dinner. The CSS Birmingham captain's quarters are about the size of a walk-in closet, but still much bigger than any other room on board. The table was set with white linen and china, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Potato chips, Dr. Peppers are served by skeleton crewmen. I didn't want to eat anything served by ghosts, but my hunger overruled my fear. Tantalus expelled you for eternity, Curry told us. Smugly, Mr. D said if any of you show your face at camp. Again, he'll turn you into squirrels and run you over with his SUV. Did they give you the ship? I asked. Of course not. My father did. Ares? Clary sneered. You think your daddy is the only one with sea power? The serious on the losing side of every war Oh, a tribute to Ares. That's their curse for being defeated. I prayed my father for a naval transport and here it is. These guys will do anything I tell them. Won't you, Captain? The Captain stood behind her, looking stiff and angry. His glowing green eyes fixed me with a hungry stare. If it means an end to this infernal war, man, peace at last. We'll do anything. Destroy anyone. Clarice smiled. Destroy everyone? I like that. Tyson gulped. Clarice, Annabeth said, looked might like the after to Fleece, too. We saw him. He's got the coordinates, and he's heading south. He has a cruise ship full of monsters. Good! I blow him out of the water. You don't understand, Amber said. We have to combine forces. Let us help you. No! Clarice pounded at the table. This is my quest, smart girl. Finally get to be the hero, and you two will not steal my chance. Where are your cabin mates? I asked. You were allowed to take two friends with you, weren't you? They didn't. I let them stay behind to protect the camp. You mean even the people in your own cabin wouldn't help you? Shut up, Prissy. I don't need them. Or you. Clarice, I said, "Tentacles is using you. He doesn't care about the camp. He'd love to see you destroyed. He's setting you up to fail. No, I don't care what the oracle. She stopped herself. What? I said. What did the oracle tell you? Nothing. Clarice's ears turned pink pink. And you need to all you need to know is that I'm finishing this quest and you're not helping. On the other hand, I can't let you go. So we're prisoners and the vets asked. Yes for now. Clarice popped her feet up on the white linen tabletop and opened another doctor cabinet. Captain, take them below. Assign them hammocks on the berth deck. If they don't mind their manners, show them how we deal with enemy spies. The dream came as soon as he fell asleep. Robert was sitting in his at his room, desperately unraveling his wedding train, when the boulder door rolled aside and the Cyclops bellowed, "Aha!" Robert yelped, Dear, I did!" Unraveling, Polly was roared, so that's the problem, Oh no, I was not come, Polly Pam was grabbing Rover and around the waist, and half carried half dragged him through the tunnels of the cave. Rover struggled to keep his high heels on his hooves. his veil kept tilting on his head, threatening to come up. The Cyclops pulled him into a warehouse-sized cavern. Lazy Boy Recliner oh, sorry. Warehouse Cavern, decorated with sheep junk. There was a wool-covered le- Lazy Boy Recliner and a wool-covered television set. Crude bookshelves loaded with sheep collectibles, coffee mugs shaped like sheep faces, plaster figurines of sheep, sheep war games, and picture books and action figures. The floor was littered with piles of sheep bones and other bones that didn't look exactly like sheep. The bones of sailors who'd come to the island, looking for Pam. Polly Pam set Rover down, only long enough to move another huge boulder. Daylight streamed into the air. No, no. daylight streamed into the cave, and Rover whimpered with longing, fresh air. The cyclops dragged him outside to a hilltop, overlooking the most beautiful island, island I ever seen. It was shaped kind of like a saddle, cut in half by an axe. There was a lush green hills on either side and wild valley in the middle, lit by a deep chasm that's suspended by a rope bridge. Beautiful streams rolled to the edge of the canyon and dropped off in rainbow-colored waterfalls. Parrots fluttered in the trees. Pink and purple flowers bloomed on the bushes. Hundreds of sheep grazed in the meadows, their wool glinting strangely like copper and silver coins. At the center of the island, right next to the rope bridge, was an enormous twisted oak tree with something glaring in its, in its lowest bone the golden fleas even in a dream i could feel its power radiating across the island making the grass greener the flowers more beautiful i could almost smell the nature magic of work i could only imagine how powerful the scent would be for a seer Grover whimpered yes polypemble said proudly see over there fleas it's a prize of my collection stolen from heroes long ago and never since Free food sears come from all over the world, like moths to flame satyrs good eating you now, polypamos scooped up a wicked set of bronze shears, Grover up, but polypamos just pick up the nearest sheep like evil stuffed animal and shave off his wool. He added a fluffy mask to it a it to grover, put that on the spinning wheel, he said proudly, magic cannot be a rabbit, oh. Pam was grinned. Bad weaver, <laughs> not to worry. The train will solve the problem. Finish wedding train by tomorrow. Isn't that thoughtful of you? He <laughs> heh. But, 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 dear Robert gulped. What if someone wanted to rescue I mean, attack this land? Rover looked straight at me. And I knew he was asking for my benefit. What would keep them from marching right up here to your okay. cave? Wifey's scared? so cute. Not worry, but the Pemos has state-of-the-art security system. Yeah, have to get to my pets. Pets? Rover looked across the island, but there was nothing to see except sheep gazing peacefully in the meadows. And then they will have to get... True me He pounded his fist against the nearest rock which cracked and split in half. Now come he shouted back to the cave Dwarf looked about ready to cry So close to freedom but so hopelessly far tears all in his eyes and the bolt as the boulder Door rolled shut, sailing him once again in the stinky torch lit darkness of the Cyclops Cave. I woke to alarm bells ringing through the ship. The captain's bravely voice All hands on the deck! Fine, Lady Clarice, where's that girl? Then his ghostly face appeared above me Get up, Yankee! Your friend already above. No. Your friends are already above. We are approaching the entrance. The entrance of what? He gave me a skeletal smile. The sea of monsters, of course. I saw my few belongings that had survived the hydro. It was Sailor's canvas, knapsack, and slung it over my shoulder. I had a sneaking suspicion that one way or another I would not be spending another night aboard a CSS for me. I was on my way upstairs, and something made me freeze. A presence nearby, something familiar and unpleasant. For no particular reason, I felt like picking a fight. I wanted to punch a dead confederate. The last time I felt that kind of anger, instead of going up, I trapped to the edge of the gruntilla's gate. Intelligent, neat, great, and peer down into the boiler, boiler deck. Clarice was standing right below me, talking to an image that shimmered in the steam from the boilers. A muscular black, a muscular man in black leather biker coats, with a military haircut, red tinted glasses, and a knife strapped to his side. My fist, my fist clenched, and was my least favorite, favorite Olympian. Ares, the god of war. I don't want excuses, little girl. He growled. Yeah, yeah, father. Curious mumbled. You don't want to make, you don't want to see me mad, do you? No, father. No, father. Ares mimicked. You pathetic. You should have let one of my sons take this quest. Clarice promised. No, that's too I'll succeed, Clarice promised, her voice trembling. I'll make her proud. You'd better, he warned. You asked me for this quest. Girl, if you let that ball Jackson kid steal it from you, but the oracle said, I don't care what it said. Ares bellowed with such force that his image shimmered. You will succeed! And if you don't, he raised his fist. Even though he was only a figure the scene, Curry You understand each. Do we understand each other? Aaron growled. The alarm bells rang again. I heard voices coming toward me. Officers, young orders, ready to carry the cannons. I kept back from the village ventilation gate and made my way upstairs to join Annabeth and Tyson on the spare deck. What's wrong? Annabeth asked me. Another dream? I nodded, but I didn't say anything. I didn't know what to think about what I said about what I'd seen downstairs. It bothered me as, almost as much as the dream about Grover. Clarice came up the stairs right after me. I tried not to look at her. She grabbed a pair of binoculars from the zombie officer and peered toward her right. At last, Captain, full steam ahead! I looked in the same direction as she was, but I couldn't see much. The sounds was overcast, the air was hazy and humid, like steam from an iron. If I squinted real hard, I could just make out a couple of dark fuzzy splotches in the distance. My uncle's told me we're somewhere off the coast of northern Florida, so we come a long way overnight, farther than any mortal ship should have been able to travel. The engine groaned as we increased speed. Titan muttered nervously, Too much strain on the pistons, not meant for deep water. I wasn't sure how he knew that, but it made me nervous. After a few more minutes, the dark splotches ahead of us came into focus. To the north, a huge mass of rock rose above the sea, an island with cliffs at least a hundred feet tall, about half a mile south of that the outer patch of darkness was a storm brewing. The sky and sea boiled together in a roaring mass. Hurricane? And that asked, No, Clarice said, Charbonnet. Char... Uh, uh, Char... Uh, so hard to pronounce. Char... a bit paled. Are you crazy? Only way to see a monster straight between Char... Bees. Yeah. Char... Bees. They I got a feeling something lived up there that I did not want to meet. What do you mean, the only way? I asked. The sea is wide open. You sail around them. Clarice rolled her eyes. <gasps> Don't you see? Don't you know anything? If I try to sail around them, they would just appear in my pad again. If you want to get into the Sea of Monsters, you have to sail to death. What about the Clashing Rocks? Annabelle said, That's another gateway. Jason used it. I can't blow apart rocks with my cannons. Clarice said. Monsters, on the other hand, you're crazy. Annabelle decided. What and learn, wise girl. Clarice turned to the captain. Send cars for cherry bees. Aye, my lady the engine groaned. The iron plating rattled and the ship began to pick up speed. Therese, I said, Charbus sucks of the sea. Isn't that the story? And spits it back out again. Yeah. Why about Skyla? She lives in a cave up on those cliffs. If we get too close, her snaky hands will come down and start plucking sailors off the ship. Choose Skyla then, I said. Everybody goes below deck and we chug right past. No, Clarice insisted. If Skylar doesn't get her easy meat, she might pick up the whole ship. Besides, she's too high to make a good target. Mechanics can't shoot straight up. Sherbetis just sits there at the center of her whirlwind. We're going to steam straight toward her, train our guns on her, and blow her into the terrace! She said it with such relish I almost wanted to believe her. The engine hummed. The boilers were heating up so much I could feel the deck getting warm beneath my feet. The smokestacks billowed, the red Aries flag whipped in the wind. As we got closer to the monsters, the sound of Charbodies, Charbodies got louder and louder, our horrible wet roar, like the galaxy's biggest toilet being flushed. Every time Charbidis ex- Charibis- chari ex- inhaled, the ship shuddered and lurched forward. Every time she exhaled, we rose in the water and were buffeted by 10-foot waves. I tried to time the whirlpool. As near as I could figure, it took Tarbatus about three minutes to suck up and destroy everything with a half a mile radius. rages. To so avoid her, we would have to skirt right next to Silas Cliffs. And as bad as Skyla might be, those cliffs were looking awfully good to me. Undead sailors were calm, calmly went about their business on the spar deck. I guess they fought a losing cause before, so this didn't bother them. Or maybe they didn't care about getting destroyed because they're already deceased. Neither, though, made me feel any better. Annette stood next to me, gripping the t- rail. You still have your thermos full of wind? I not, but it's too so dangerous to use, the- to use with a whirlpool like that. More wind might just make things worse. What about controlling the water? She asked. Your are son. You've done it before. She was right. I closed my eyes and tried to calm the sea, but it couldn't concentrate. Chirbitis was too loud and powerful. The waves wouldn't respond. I I can't, I said miserably. We need a backup plan, Annabeth said. This isn't going to work. Annabeth is right, Titan said. Engine's no good. What do you mean, she asked. Pressure, pistons need fixing. Before I can explain, the cosmic toilet flushed with a mighty roar. The ship lurched forward, and I was thrown to the deck. We were in the whirlpool. Full reverse! Corley screamed above the noise. The sea churned around us, waves crashing over the deck. The iron plating was now so hot it steamed. Cannons within firing range. Make ready, starboard cannons! Dead confederates rushed back and forth. The propeller grinded into reverse, trying to slow our. Sh- Trying to slow the ship. But we kept sliding toward the center of the vortex. A zombie sailor burst out of the hold and ran to Clarice. His gray uniform was smoking. His beard was on fire. Boiler room's overheating, ma'am. She's going to blow. No, that's... Boiler room's overheating, ma'am. She's going to blow. We'll get down in there and fix it. Can't... The sailor yelled, We're vaporizing in the heat! Clarice pounded beside the cosman. All I need is a few more minutes, just enough to get in range. We're going in too fast, the captain said grimly. Prepare yourself for debt! No, Tyson bellowed, I can fix it! Clarice looked at him incredulously. You? He's a cyclops, Ambed said. He's immune to fire, and he knows mechanics. Go! Yelled Ferry he's to know. I grabbed his arm. It's too so dangerous. He panned my hand. Only way, brother. His expression was determined, confident even. i never seen him look like this before. I will fix it. Be right back. As I watched him follow the smoldering sailor down the hatch, I had a terrible feeling. I wanted to run after him. But the ship lurched again, and then I saw a turd She appeared only a few hundred yards away, through a swirl of mist and smoke and water. The first thing I noticed was the reef, a black rag of coral with a fig tree clinging to the top. An oddly peaceful thing in the middle of a male storm. All around it, the water curved into a funnel, like light around a black hole. Then they saw the horrible thing anchored to the reef just below the bar line, an enormous mouth with slimy lips and mossy teeth the size of roadboats. And worse, the teeth had braces, bands of corded scrummy metal with pieces of fish and driftwood and floating garbage stuck between them. Cerberus was, orton- was an orthodontist nightmare. She was nothing but a huge black maw with bad teeth alignment and serious overbite. She'd done nothing for centuries but eat without brushing after meals. As they watched, the entire sea around her was sucked into the void sharks, schools of fish, giant squid, and they realized in a few seconds that the c s s Birmingham would be next. Clady Clarice! The captain shouts, Starboard and forward guns are enraged. Fire! Three rounds were blasted. Into the monster's small. One blew off the edge of the incisor. Another dissipa- disappeared into the gullet. A third hit one of Turbidus' retaining bands and shot back at us, snapping the Ares flag out of its pole. Again! Clarice ordered. The gunners reloaded. But I knew it was hopeless. We would have to pound the monster a hundred more times to do any real damage. And we didn't have that long. We were being stuck in too fast. The vibrations then the vibration of the deck changed. The hum of the engine got stronger and steadier. The ship shuddered and we started pulling away from the mouth. Tyson did it Clary oh, no that's Annabeth. Tyson did it Annabeth said. Wait, Clary said. We need to stay close. We'll die, I said. We have to move away. I gripped the rail as the ship fought against the assumption. The broken air slag raced past us and lodged in Charbitis' braces. We weren't making much progress, but at least we were holding our own. Tyson had somehow given us unjust enough juice to keep the ship from being sucked in. Suddenly, the mouth snapped shut. The sea died to absolute calm. Water washed over Charbitis. Then, just as quickly as it had closed, the mouth exploded open, spitting out a wall of water, ejecting everything in this inedible, including our cannonballs, one of which slammed into the side of CSS Birmingham with a ding like the bell on a car game. We were thrown backward on a wave that must have been 40 feet high. I used all my me- I used all of my willpower to keep the ship from capsizing, but we were still spinning out of control, hurling towards the cliffs on the opposite side of the strait. Another smoldering sailor burst out of the hold. He stumbled into Clarice, almost knocking them boat overboard. The engine's about to blow. Worst heizen, I demand, still down there, holding it together. Still down there, the sailor said, holding it together somehow, though I don't know how for much longer. The captain said, We have to abandon ship. No! Clarice yelled. We have no choice, my lady. The hole is already cracking apart. She can't. He never finished his sentence. Quick as lightning, something brown and green shot out from the sky, snatched up the captain, and lifted him away. And all that left for his leather boots. Skyla! Skyla, a sailor yelled as another column of Italian flesh shot out from the cliff and snapped him up. It happened so fast, it was like watching a laser beam rather than a monster. I couldn't even make out the thing's face—just a flash of teeth and scales. I kept retired and tried to swipe the monster as it carried off another deckhand, but I was too—I was way too slow. Everyone, get below. I said, I yelled, we can't, Clarice drew her own sword, below deck is in flames, lifeboats, Annabeth said, quick, they'll never get clear of the ships, Clarice said, we'll all be eaten, we have to try Percy the us. we can't, I can't leave Tizen, we have to get the boats ready, Clarice took Annabeth's command. She and a few of her undead sailors uncovered one of two emergency rowboats with scaly heads had rained from the sky like a meteor sow- shower with teeth, picking off Confederate sailors one after another. Get the other boat, I chewed out bet. the terminus. I'll get Tyson. You can't, she said. The hate will kill you. I didn't listen. I ran for the boiler room hatch. When suddenly my feet weren't touching the deck anymore, I was flying straight up. The wind whistling in my ears, the side of the cliff only inches from my face. Skylotsamil caught me by the knapsack and was lifting me up toward her lair. Without taking I swung my sword behind me. I managed to jab the thing in her beady eyes. She grunted and dropped me. The fall had been bad enough, considering I was a hundred feet in the air, but as I fell, the CSS Birmingham exploded below me. Karoom The engine room blew, sending chunks of ironade flying either direction, and like a fiery set of wings. Tizen I yelled. Tyson! I yelled. The lifeboats had managed to get away from the ship, but not very far. Flaming wreckage were raining down. Harrison Abbott would either be smashed or burned, or pulled to the bottom by the force of the sinking hole. And that was thinking optimistically, assuring they got away from Skylar. Then I heard a different kind of explosion. The sound of Hermes' magic turn was being opened a little too far. White sheets of wind blasted in every direction, scattering the light, both lifting me out of my free fall and propelling me across the ocean. I couldn't see anything. I spun in the air. I got clunked in the head by something hard and hit the water with a crash that would have broken every bone in my body if I hadn't been the son of the sea cod. The last thing I remember was sinking in a burning sea, knowing that Tyson was gone forever, and wishing I were able to drown.